are the body of Christ, the Bible says. And so, we know that uh, Jesus is our head. But he also, we also know that God calls us, excuse me, God calls us to speak, to share our stories. And so, as is our custom on Fellowship Sunday, we like to invite We like to invite someone from our congregation to share their story. And so today we have the great pleasure of having Sherilyn Harmon come forward to share her story. This is more complicated than I thought. And I'm not making it look easy either. There we go. So Sherilyn, why don't you sit here and then I'll hold this. Then you don't have to hold it. Unless it's, which would you like to hold it? No, okay. All right, and these chairs are here because it's more comfortable to talk when you're sitting down than standing up it's up here. So uh, this is cozy. <laughs> and they spin too. <laughs> yes, and um, you get to have that so that Emmer can hear you well. All right, good stuff. So Sherilyn and I have talked, and um, she's been able to share with me her story. <coughs> and obviously, we can't uh, tell the full story here in, in the short time that we have. But um, she has pages here. Um, so I'm going to just ask her some questions and lead her through sort of her story with Christ. And um, before we do, though, I just want to pray. Dear Lord, uh, I just pray that you would uh, just be with us as we consider what you've done in Sherilyn's life. Thank you, Lord, for her faith in you. I thank you that you have been uh, working in her life and that you have made her the person that we love. And so, Lord, we pray that you would just bless this time and, and give her peace and uh, help us to all have attentive uh, ears and hearts to what you have to say to us through, through her. So, Sherilyn... Um, uh, grew up uh, on a farm in northern Ontario, and uh, she grew up in a, in a Christian home, and uh, it sounds pretty idyllic, and uh, it was a pretty good upbringing, she tells me. However, um, you know, life wasn't perfect for her, and um, so she, she had to deal with some, some things, and so maybe you could tell us, Sherilyn, about some of the, the issues that you were you had to sort of, or that God helped you through. Maybe some of the things that, uh, yeah, God was doing in your life. Well, um, I can hold this. All right. Um, at a young age, I was angry and uh, didn't know it at the time, but depressed. And I, it was, it was a wonderful growing up, wonderful family on the farm and there are tons of stories I could tell about the fun that we had. But um, there was still the anger and through through high school was, well I had tension headaches all the time because of the tension, depression. And then I went off to college and it was a bad time. 
am so not a nurse. <laughs> and uh, I, I just wanted to end. But I knew that I couldn't, I couldn't just vanish off the face of the earth, which is what I wanted to do. I wanted no one to remember that I ever existed. I just wanted to go. And I knew that wouldn't happen, so I knew I had to find some other way to deal with life. So I quit college, <laughs> and I got a job, and I got an apartment, and it was good. And then Dale and I got married, and it was really good. Dale! Because <laughs> I was meant to be a home person. I was, I was born to be a wife and a mother. And so I was a wife and happy. But there was still a little anger in me. And I don't even know where that came from. I don't know what made me angry. Um, then uh, Dale quit his job and we moved. And I was the farthest from home I had ever been. And it was not so good. I was angrier. Way back in grade six, my mother said to me, we've got to deal with this anger. And she prayed. And I lost the temper. I, I wasn't flying into rages. I wasn't beating people up anymore. I wasn't... Uh, but there was still that anger in me. I was very critical. I was very, I don't know, just angry. And then... Um, we moved to, after a little while, Dale worked himself out of his job. And so then he got another job, and we moved to Pickering. And then they sold the house that we were renting, out, uh, the basement apartment of, and we moved to Ajax, Ontario. And then we had our first child. And, oh boy, was that ever fun. <laughs> that was, it was good. But there was still that anger in me. And then a friend, oh, then we had our other, the other child, James. And I gotta tell you, I don't remember when he asked me what was my first word, when, was, when did I walk, what, what I, I, I don't remember. I was so just overwhelmed and angry. And, uh, a friend came for tea one day, and I just spewed. <laughs> and she said, I'm going to a Bible, a Bible study. You've got to come to the Bible study. I'll take you, and if I have to, I'll take your children with you. And I went, and it was wonderful. And I met God again. I've been a Christian. I was a Christian. I remember at three years old, I'm kneeling at the piano bench, and a missionary who was staying in our house, uh, we prayed with him, and I became, I was a Christian, but at this Bible study, I learned, well, I was freed, I was freed from the anger, and I don't know how God did it, but he did it. And then we moved to Coburg. God gave us our house after five years in this apartment. 
And I asked God, how can I enjoy our first summer in our new house? We had a backyard for the first time since I'd left home. And I asked God, how can I? And he gave me five steps, and I wrote them down, and I followed them very carefully. And it was a wonderful summer. And I loved our, no, I can't say that. I didn't like our house, but I liked living in the house. It wasn't for many years that I liked the house and our home. And then we got pregnant again, and I miscarried. And it was hard, but everybody, I figured, you know, loses one baby. So it was, it was hard, but it wasn't devastating. And then we lost another one. And, and <laughs> yes, and that was terrible. I, I was in bed, um, I was on bed rest before we miscarried. And, and, and I, I really felt that God had left me. He had promised me more children just after Jamie was born. And um, I felt that God had let, was letting me down, and he had left me. And I had such fear. And then we lost the baby, and I went into depression so badly that all I, could wanted, that all I wanted to do was sit at the end of the couch, covered in a blanket, and, and do nothing, just sit. We went to the doctor after a while because people were worried about me. And she said, Dale, she is so depressed, I can't believe that she gets out of bed in the morning. Never mind making meals, getting the children off to school, making sure the house is clean, even getting herself dressed. I can't believe she's doing that. One day was especially bad, and I, I was called the church and I asked the pastor, what is it like to die without God? And he said he didn't know because he'd never done it. <laughs> but I had never even been to a, an unbeliever's funeral before, so I didn't know even that much. So he came over and he started reading me verses on fear. And I started to unfold. I was sitting on the couch, all huddled up under my blanket, and I started to unfold as he was reading these scriptures, and they were all about fear. And he said, I can see a light coming on in your eyes, isn't there? And I said, yes. And he gave me some homework. After talking for a little while, he gave me a list of scriptures that I was supposed to write out and he was going to call and make sure I was doing it after he left. So he did. He called. And I was so excited. I was writing out those verses. And I was writing them on um, recipe cards so I could stick them up all over the house. One of them, and it has rescued me many times, was do not be afraid of sudden terror for the Lord will... No, do not... Oh, boy. 
anyway, it's, it's Psalm 25, I think, something or other. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or a trouble from the wicked when it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. And every time I get afraid, that rescues me every time. And I, the first, the first freedom I got was from anger. The second one was from fear. And I am free. I am no longer angry. I, I can feel myself when I get to the edge of that, when I come up to that deep, dark pit, I call it. I can, I can turn myself around because I don't want to be there again. And I have the choice. I have been freed. I don't need to do that again. God is good. We have another child. We had another child. His name is Joshua. You, you might remember him being here in the summer. He is a miracle. I didn't tell you this. But after, um, after the second miscarriage and after, after the freedom from fear, we went to visit another church that we had been to. Well, in Ajax, when we lived there, he was our pastor, and we went to him, and he said, what's happened? I can see something has happened. So we told him, and he looked right in my eyes, and he said, straighten that womb. And I went, and I said in my head, is that what's wrong? And it wasn't long after that that we had Joshua. So I've had a physical healing as well. God is good. That is my motto. God is good. Sherilyn, you uh, have identified, I think, um, something that a lot of us uh, struggle with, and that is anger and, and fear. But it seems that the scriptures that the pastor had asked you to read um, had a lot to do with the character and nature of God. And um, it, it, as we've talked about, uh, a lot of the anger and the fear was rooted in um, uh, an idea that God could not love you and that you were not lovable, right? And, um, and so some of those scriptures that you read were, were helpful in helping you somehow turn that turn that corner where in your thinking you started to see God for the first time as someone who's actually going to love you and was can you speak to that just a, a little bit or um, he it seems that yeah that that this idea of being unlovable and unworthy somehow God turned that for you and I, I can't I can't explain what what changed. All my life I had felt unlovable. And why would God, who is God, love me? Um, just why? And yeah, all of a sudden it was, it, it doesn't matter why and it doesn't matter 
who I am or what I am. He just does. It seems that through the experiences that you had, at some point you were willing to, because the word was not something that was foreign to you. It's something that you probably were able to, you know, say that God is this, that, and the other. The God of Scripture is a God of love. He's a God of acceptance. He's, you know, he, he just loves us passionately. But at the same time, it wasn't something you were feeling for yourself. It didn't apply to me. Exactly. So uh, you, you felt like you were disqualified for that, from that. But at some point, um, uh, that changed. And, and you say, all of a sudden. I, I wonder if maybe what happened all of a sudden was that you, um, from, from a place of desperation, just said, I'm going to accept it. It was. It was a choice. Yeah, it was your choice to say, I, I'm going to accept that. Because I heard the words all my life. I grew up in the church. I grew up at the Pentecostal camp. And, and mom once commented when I was a teenager, oh, she really understands it. She makes good notes. Well, I didn't understand a thing. I just know how to make good notes. <laughs> right. And, yeah, and so you um, now impress us as a person that is really in touch with God. God is good. And uh, that you have a, very, a real passion for God. Yeah. He's everything. And you don't you don't doubt that God loves you anymore, do you? No. So that never crosses your mind that God doesn't love you? So at some point you chose, I think, to to accept the scriptures. But at the same time you chose uh, and, and you decided I'm going to accept those those things that I read about as true for me. And uh, I don't think you've ever turned back. Now, this sort of has been a, a ministry for you, too. Can you talk to that a little bit? Well, whatever, yeah. I mean... How does that, how does that affect your relationships with other people? Let's put it that way. Oh, he gives me love. If he brings them to our home, we love them. If, if he brings someone into our life, we love them. So, um, and I he's brought a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. And so you've had a, a lot of people that have come into, that God has brought into your life, into your home. Uh, home being a real central theme in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where you just, just love on them and, and care for them. And, and they bloom. Yeah, and, and they, they come into that themselves. Because it, it seems like there's a lot of us, quite frankly, that really struggle with this idea of being lovable. And uh, it seems that God is, um, my impression is that God has used you and Dale and, and your home to be a place where people could come and just really laugh, uh, kind of relish um, and uh, bathe in, in this love of God, which is unconditional. We ask him daily, and we have for years, to fill our home with his peace and his presence. And if he can use us, and if he can use our home, please do. Yeah. Because you don't want other people feeling like you did. You don't want people feeling the anger or the fear. That's right. You want them to know the all-consuming love. The freedom. Yeah. 
Well, it's very clear that God has done a, a wonderful work in your life, taking you from that place where you uh, knew but didn't know, um, and uh, had knew but didn't experience the love of God, to a place where now you just want to shower others with the love of God. I know that that's your heart, is that you, you could just love on people and shower them with love. And that's a, that's a miracle. Oh, yes, yes it is. God is good. Let's, uh, let's pray for Sherilyn, and I really thank you for sharing your story with us. And uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to pray for, for you and Dale and, and for us. Dear Lord, um, I thank you for this wonderful work that you've done in our sister's heart. Lord, we can identify, maybe not in whole, but in part at least, with the idea of, of not measuring up to the goodness of God, or to the holiness of God. But I thank you, Lord, that you are persistent. And you even use things like depression and sadness and hardship to bring us to a place where we understand that love that you have for us, where we become so dependent on it. I thank you, Lord, that Sherilyn chose to accept what your word says about you and refused to just continue in the dark. That she reached out to her pastor even and, 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 and said, I'm, I'm desperate. I need some good news. <laughs> and that he was able to present scriptures that told her that she had nothing to fear. That God loved her. He was for her. He was not against her. That he is for her. And Lord, I thank you for the ministry that you have given her, it's just not a ministry in the formal sense, but it's just something that she wants to share, is that love, that unconditional acceptance, that lack of fear, that people that come into Dale and Sherilyn's house just feel your presence and feel loved and accepted and cared for. I've been there and I, I know that and I feel that. And, and just being in, in, in their presence makes me and so I thank you that uh, you turned um, something that was really not good into something that is really good. And I give you praise and thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Yeah, God bless. share your story. If you ever feel like you'd like to share your story, just need to talk to me and I'll come and talk to you and we'll, yeah, we'll uh, give you an opportunity to share the story. See, um, we come into this idyllic little place. Here we are in, in New Glasgow. People travel from all over the world to come to New Glasgow because it's so beautiful, you know. And here we are in this iconic little church that's been here for hundreds of years. And we're all dressed up and we, and, and we sing pretty songs and everything is nice, right? It's nice. And it's idyllic, really. But the fact of the matter is that we live real lives. You know, some of us have been to the point of wanting to end our lives. That's how bad it is. Others have real-life struggles, real challenges. 
whether they can be financial or psychological or social or whatever they are, they're real. They're, they're not erased by coming into this little, cute little town in PEI. They're real. And so I gain a lot of strength from hearing your stories um, in knowing how God has worked in your life. And um, it's very encouraging, I think, to each of us to share. And so if you're one that would love to share, I'd love to, to, to give you that opportunity. And I know that people would love to hear your story because uh, we're all on a journey together. And I am very grateful that that journey now will lead us to the basement <laughs> where we will enjoy good food together. Because I really love food. And uh, you guys make great food, too. So, um, so I will say a grace. Um, I know that it'll take a little time to set up, but then um, you don't have to, once, once the word comes from the kitchen that we're ready to go, you can go. You don't have to hear another grace. We're not legalistic here. So uh, we want to give thanks for the food and go down and just fellowship together and enjoy each other's company. If uh, you're visiting, and or if you just uh, didn't bring anything, don't worry about that. We always have tons of food, and uh, we would love for you to come down and join us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you that we can enjoy each other's company and just fellowship together around this good food. We are very aware that we live in a situation in this world where we have plenty so we always want to be mindful of that fact and give you praise and thank you for the food that we're about to enjoy. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Hope to see you downstairs.